This is Ni'ima Novetsky from alatorad.org. This week, we'll explore one of the more challenging concepts in the opening chapters of Sefer Shmot, the hardening of Paro's heart and Hashem's ostensible removing of his free will. Most of Parashat Ba'ira centers on Moshe's request that Paro allow the nation a three-day furlough in the wilderness, Paro's refusal, and the ensuing plagues. Despite the devastation wrought by each plague, Paro consistently refuses to send the Israelites free. The verses explain Paro's recalcitrant attitude, stating that Hashem hardened his heart, implying that Hashem actively caused Paro to continue the enslavement and not release the nation, whether he had planned to or not. Given the fundamental assumption that all individuals have free will, this reading is somewhat disturbing. How could Hashem prevent Paro from making his own decisions? Does not men always have free choice? Is our story evidence that Hashem sometimes chooses to override this principle? And if so, why? The question is even more troubling because the Torah appears to indicate that Hashem does not simply force Paro's hand, but even appears to lead him further into sin. How can Hashem keep from someone the possibility of repentance and changing his ways? Is not Hashem a merciful God who desires the repentance of sinners and not their destruction? As Hashem says in Sefer Yechazkel, Chai ani nu'um Hashem Elohim im echpotz b'mot harasha, ki im b'shuv rasha midarko v'chaya. On my existence, says Hashem, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Finally, if Hashem did force Paro to sin, how can Paro be held accountable for his actions, and why is he punished? Given these difficulties, one wonders if perhaps there's an alternative way to understand the concept of hardening Paro's heart. In exploring the issue, several other points are worth noting. First, throughout the opening partiot of Sefer Shmot, the concept of hardening Paro's heart is mentioned a full 20 times. Only in half of these, though, does the verse attribute the hardening to Hashem. Elsewhere, though, the verses either have no subject or it is Paro on his own who hardens his heart. How does this variation affect our understanding of the phrase and the question of free will? Second, the Torah uses three different verbs to describe the hardening of Paro's heart. Chazak, to strengthen, Kaved, to make heavy, and Kasheh, to harden. Is this mere stylistic variation, or do these three terms have different connotations? Can they all equally sustain the understanding that Hashem made Paro stubborn? Third, what was the objective of hardening Paro's heart? Shmot 10 verse 1 reads, I have hardened his heart so that I may show these signs in his midst, suggesting that the goal was to punish Paro. Yet, the very next verse speaks of the Israelites sharing these wonders with their children, vidatem kenni Hashem, that you may know that I am Hashem, describing the more public goal of the Israelites recognizing and recounting Hashem's might. Yet other verses in Shmot 14 speak, the, speak of the Egyptians acknowledging Hashem's might. What is the relationship between these various goals, and how do any of these ends justify the means? One final question. If Hashem had intentionally made Paro stubborn, why did, Hashem, why did he keep on sending Moshe to command Paro to let the people go? After all, Paro's response was a foregone conclusion. Why not just bring all of the plagues at once and shorten the process? Commentators explored these questions, offering many different understandings of the phrase chizuk lev Paro. 
a first approach questions our assumptions about free will and suggests that Hashem did indeed actively intervene to prevent Paro from exercising his freedom of choice. The various sources in this category disagree, though, as to why this was justified. According to Shmot Rabbah, an Agadic Midrash on Sefer Shmot, Paro had squandered his opportunities for repentance. This Midrash is drawing off the fact that in the first five plagues, the Torah records that it is Paro who hardens his own heart, and only in the final five plagues do we see Hashem intervening. Paro was given five chances to change his ways, but he did not take them. As such, he lost the opportunity for more chances. According to the Midrash, in contrast to what we might assume, a sinner is not granted unlimited opportunities to change course, and at some point, the gate of repentance is locked. Any verses which seem to imply otherwise and suggest that Hashem prefers a sinner's repentance over death need to be reinterpreted as referring only to the initial stages before one's fate is sealed. The Rambam moves in a similar direction, justifying Hashem's removal of Paro's free will by pointing to the gravity of Paro's sins. He writes, According to the Rambam, due to the severe nature of Paro's prior sins, punishment was a foregone conclusion from the very outset and would have been necessary even if he had elected to change his behavior and repent. Thus, disabling Paro's free will did not cause him to sustain any additional penalties, but rather merely facilitated his punishment. In fact, the Rambam implies that the suppressing of Paro's free will was even an integral part of Paro's punishment, a measure-for-measure penalty for his own crimes. In enslaving the Israelites, Paro effectively took away their free will, and so he is punished similarly. Hashem might further be mocking Paro's claims to divinity. Paro tried to pass himself off as a god in control of everything, so Hashem highlights that he cannot even control his own heart. The Rambam further grapples with the question of why Hashem would bother to repeatedly send Moshe to Paro, given that Paro's hands were tied and he was simply incapable of letting the people go. He explains that by doing so, Hashem demonstrated his ability to hijack Paro's mind, a great miracle which proclaimed to all Hashem's mastery over the world. Hashem's choice to exact retribution in this way was thus designed to maximize its impact, realizing two goals at once, facilitating punishment and educating towards belief and recognition of Hashem's powers. Rambam, like the Midrash, thus makes us question our assumptions about free will, concluding that it is not a given and sinners might not always merit it. Yet a third justification of Hashem's active removal of Paro's free will focuses less on Paro's deeds and more on the nature of repentance. Abarbanel, a 15th century commentator, explains that repentance is a special divine gift which is reserved for believers in God. As such, there is no injustice in not allowing Paro, an idolater, the ability to change. One might instinctively wonder, but should not repentance be an option for all? Abarbanel replies that repentance means returning to Hashem, and thus, by definition, only someone who believes in God can repent. He compares an idolater's repentance to immersing in a ritual bath while holding an impure creature. 
If you are still holding on to your idolatrous beliefs, you can't be purified. Tshuva literally means return. You can't return to God if you do not believe in him. The opinions we have discussed so far agree on two points. First, that under certain circumstances, Hashem might indeed suppress an individual's free will. And second, that the gates of repentance are not always open. As might be expected, not all commentators are comfortable with these assumptions. This leads to a second reading of our story, which suggests that Hashem really did not take away Paro's freedom of choice, and that the phrase, Vayichazek Hashem et leif Paro, must mean something else. Rav Sadigon, a 10th century commentator, thus suggests that we should translate the phrase literally to mean, and God strengthened Paro's heart. Hashem does not impact Paro's free will, but rather his health. There was good reason to think that the stress of the plagues might cause a heart attack. So Hashem strengthened Paro physically and emotionally so that he would be able to withstand the plagues and survive long enough to receive his full punishment. This approach then is similar to the Rambam in the suggestion that Hashem's action was aimed at ensuring Paro's full punishment, but is 180 degrees opposite in how it explains the means to that end. While Rambam asserts that this was accomplished by taking away freedom of choice, Rav Sadia maintains that Paro maintained his free will throughout. Hashem intervened not to change his mind, but to ensure his physical strength. Rav Sadia further explains why, with regards to the first five plagues, the hardening of Paro's heart is attributed to him, while in relation to the later plagues, it is attributed to Hashem. He suggests that during the initial plagues, the fear of Paro being struck sick with fear was not so great. It was only with the cumulative effect of plague after plague, and during the more destructive final plagues, that Hashem needed to intervene to make Paro resilient enough to withstand them. Rav Sadia's rereading of the verse works well with the language of Vechazek Hashem et Leiv Paro, which is the predominant form of our phrase. However, it's not as easy to read his understanding into the phrase Ba'ani Akshe et Leiv Paro, literally, and Hashem hardened Paro's heart. And his reading encounters even more difficulty in interpreting the root Kaved in the verse Kiani Hachbarati et Libo, literally, I made his heart heavy. It is perhaps for this reason that others choose not to reinterpret the verbs of our phrase, but instead the subject of the verb, Hashem. They suggest that though the verses speak of Hashem hardening Paro's heart, really it was Paro himself who throughout all 10 plagues made himself recalcitrant. Why then does the verse attribute the action to Hashem? Rav Yitzhak Arama, a contemporary of Abarbanel, replies that though Hashem did not actively affect Paro's free will to cause him to continue sinning, the natural way in which he runs the world produced that very result. Hashem's bringing of plagues, which were only gradual, temporary, and via natural means, caused Paro to believe that he was simply the victim of a series of natural disasters. Thus, the Torah refers interchangeably to Paro and Hashem as the cause of a hardened heart. It should be noted, however, that this does not explain the shift midway through the plagues to emphasize Hashem's roles. Hashem's role. With this, we move to a third and final approach, one which is to some extent the opposite of the first approach discussed earlier. According to Sforno, a 16th century Italian commentator, the words Vayichazek Hashem et Leif Paro do not mean that Hashem removed Paro's freedom of choice to ensure his punishment, but rather, 
that Hashem bolstered Paro's free will in order to provide him with an opportunity to repent. In contrast to Shmot Rabbah and Rambam, Sforno suggests that the plays were educative rather than punitive in nature, meant to bring about a recognition of Hashem and the repentance of the Egyptians. However, due to the severity of the plagues, there was a chance that Paro would capitulate out of fear rather than a sincere desire to repent. Saying I'm sorry when there is a gun to your head does not really count. Thus, Hashem strengthened Paro's resolve to sin, pushing him to say no to Moshe in order to counterbalance his overwhelming fear of punishment or death, which would have otherwise forced him to say yes, against his real will. By so doing, Hashem allowed for true free will and further ensured that if and when Paro did repent, it would be for the right reasons. Thus, in contrast to Abarbanel, Sforno goes out of his way to show that Hashem does not discriminate against non-Jews and that they are also granted the option of repentance. Sforno, living in the humanistic milieu of 16th century Italy and someone who taught Jewish studies to non-Jews, has a generally positive outlook on the surrounding Gentiles. To summarize, we have seen many possible understandings of Hashem's hardening of Paro's heart. According to many, it is a metaphoric way of saying that Hashem made Paro intransigent, suppressing his free will so as to prevent him from changing his ways. This could be due to the gravity of his sins, the fact that he used up his opportunities to change, or because he was an idolater and as such simply not bequeathed the gift of repentance. Others assume that Hashem never actively takes away someone's free will, leading them to reinterpret the verses. According to Rav Sadia, the phrase chizuk lev should be interpreted literally. Hashem strengthened, not hardened, Paro's physical heart, enabling him to persevere so as to obtain a full punishment. Sforno goes a step further, but in the opposite direction, suggesting that Hashem's hardening of hearts is what actually allows for free will and true repentance. Chizuk Lev is understood as strengthening Paro's resolve so that he would have choices other than to just say uncle and surrender. As we have seen, the various understandings are impacted by both textual and philosophical issues, including different outlooks on the nature of both free will and repentance, one's views on whether Hashem works via miracles or nature, and commentators' attitudes towards Gentiles. Which of the approaches appeal most to you? What are your underlying assumptions when approaching these questions? For more on this topic and many other topics related to Parashat Veira, please visit alatorad.org.